Well, hello, and my name is John Clark, and you are listening to the Jazz Focus. Thank you for joining us this time around. We have, a, I think, an interesting program for you. We're going to focus on uh, the first recordings of a not terribly well-known musician, but a very, very well-respected musician uh, in the 1930s. His career went back to the 1920s and extended up to the mid-80s, and I'm speaking of Red Norvo. Red Norvo was a uh, Midwestern musician who was born in 1908. He... Uh, was early attracted to keyboard instruments, started playing piano and so forth, but by the time he was a teenager, he had decided to specialize in mallet percussion uh, instruments like the marimba. In fact, that was his first uh, well-known instrument. He toured some vaudeville theaters when he was a late teen in a marimba ensemble. His real name was Kenneth Norval and uh, changed it to Red Norvo at some point, not... Uh, not too late on into his career, I believe. So in addition to the marimba, he picked up xylophone, and then later on, uh, in the later part of the 1930s, he picked up vibraphone as well, the electrified version of a xylophone. So we're going to hear some of the recordings that he made under his own name in the 1930s. He's usually thought of as a big band leader from the mid to late 1930s, and a very interesting and and progressive big band that uh, featured his wife at the time, Mildred Bailey. And uh, I've done a podcast on some of Mildred Bailey's uh, small group recordings from that period, a couple of which featured Red Norvo. But uh, we're not going to be touching on the career of Mildred Bailey here. This is going to feature some of the, I would have to call it progressive jazz from the early to middle 1930s. Red Norvo was a very well-educated musician. He had a very forward-looking streak in him. He was interested in unusual rhythmic and and, um, instrumental combinations, which you can imagine from his chosen instrument of marimba and xylophone at the time. Those were not instruments that were terribly well featured. Uh, A little bit later on in the 30s, of course, you have somebody like Lionel Hampton coming to the fore with the Benny Goodman uh, band playing vibraphone primarily, but uh, Norvo, uh, Norvo, rather, uh, really only went to vibraphone uh, reluctantly, and I think it was actually in the late 30s and into the early 40s, and he did it, uh, I think, largely at the behest of Benny Goodman, because he replaced Lionel Hampton with Goodman in the mid-40s during the war years. Uh, He was much better featured on uh, xylophone and marimba in his own recordings. So as I said, after he had uh, toured some vaudeville theaters and uh, moved around the country a bit, he married Mildred Bailey. Uh, They were both featured in the Paul Whiteman band for a little while, and Norvo made his first recordings in Chicago in October of 1929, which were never released. And uh, one of the tunes that he recorded apparently at that date was In a Mist, the Bix Beiderbeck piano composition. And uh, that's one that he would return to a little bit later. We're going to hear him perform with an interesting little group. But Uh, that gives you an idea of some of his progressive ideas. That was a tune that was not played by jazz bands at the time, other than Bix himself, of course. Since then, it's come to be something of a jazz standard in that style. It has very impressionistic uh, tendencies and almost a classical feel to it, and Norvo was uniquely equipped to uh, deal with music of that nature. So we're going to start, actually, with a swing session that he did uh, in September and October of 1934. This is called Red Norvo and his Swing Septet. And uh, this features some uh, musicians uh, from the period that he respected, obviously, as musicians. And he had some interesting ideas, uh, although this session I don't think ever really takes off in the way that uh, a later session with a similar group did, and we're going to be finishing up the show with that. So this was uh, done in two dates. First, uh, The first two tunes, Old Fashioned Love and I Surrender, Dear, were recorded on September 26th of 1934 for Columbia, and then two follow-up tunes, both of which were composed by Norvo, Tomboy and The Night is Blue on October 4th of 1934. So that was a week later, I suppose. Included in this band were Jack Jenny on trombone. Jack Jenny had played with some big bands. He was known as a lead player, although he came to be known as a, a jazz player later on. It's he who played the famous trombone solo on the Artie Shaw recording of Stardust, the classic recording of that, and he had recorded uh, with his own band and uh, featured with some other groups as well. We will hear 
uh, Ari Shaw on clarinet. This is before Shaw, of course, founded his own band, his new music, in 1936. He was known as a first-rate studio musician at the time. He played in a lot of different studio dates. Uh, he recorded with uh, several big bands he toured with, like Mal Hallett and other, other groups of that nature. Uh, and he was not really known as the jazz soloist he was to become. He was known as a lead alto player, although here he only plays clarinet. We get a hint of his clarinet sound to come a little bit later. On tenor sax, we have Charlie Barnett, who was about to form his uh, band would record for RCA Victor for the Bluebird label and became quite well known for doing that. Uh, he had a, a, a great band in the mid to late 30s. He had begun recording under his own name in 1933 uh, in a group that also included Red Norvo. Then we're going to hear Teddy Wilson on piano. Of course, Teddy Wilson was playing with a lot of the Harlem jazz groups at the time. He had not uh, begun his association, permanent association with Benny Goodman, although he had recorded with him at this point. We have Bobby Johnson on guitar. He was an African-American guitar player who played with Chick Webb and some other well-known bands at the time. Hank Wayland was on bass. And he had played in studios. He was a white musician as well. And then a drummer who, I have to admit, I don't know. Uh, Billy Gusak is his name. G-U-S-S-A-K. I imagine he was a studio performer as well. And of course, Red Norvo is featured on xylophone and probably arrangements too. So we're going to start with Old Fashioned Love, the tune by James P. Johnson. Go on to I Surrender, Dear, a nice ballad by Harry Barris and Bing Crosby. And then the two tunes uh, composed and arranged by Red Norvo, Tomboy and the Night is Blue. So this is the Red Norvo and his swing septet. Thank you. 
We have some of Red Norvo's first recordings. We started out with two sides, Old Fashioned Love and I Surrender Dear from September 26, 1934 for the Columbia label. Jack Jenny featured well on I Surrender Dear on trombone, Artie Shaw, of course, on clarinet for Old Fashioned Love and the next two tunes after that. Charlie Barnett on tenor sax uh, comes and goes throughout there. He, he had an interesting style that was derived from some of the African-American players he liked, particularly Coleman Hawkins at the time, and also Chew Berry, but sometimes he got a little overwhelmed, and uh, the description was made on one set of liner notes uh, to a Charlie Barnett album that he came in to his solo like a duck on roller skates, and that uh, sums up his uh, approach to improvisation at this stage. He got a lot more sophisticated as time went on, and some of the things he did with his own band on alto and tenor, and occasionally on soprano sax, were really quite nice. Also, we heard Teddy Wilson on piano doing some beautiful work on I Surrender, Dear. Bobby Johnson on guitar, Hank Whalen on bass, and of course, Red Norvo on xylophone. And Red comes and goes through all of these sides. He was a marvelously tasteful player. We also heard the otherwise unknown Billy Gusak on drums. So a week later, the same band convened to do the next two tunes, Tomboy and The Night is Blue, a fast tune and a sort of an atmospheric uh, ballad type of performance. Both of those were by Red Norvo himself. Then we finished up with uh, one that I didn't announce. This was, in fact, Red Norvo's first released recording under his own name. It was called Knockin' on Wood. Again, his uh, own uh, composition there. He was accompanied on these by Jimmy Dorsey on clarinet, Fulton McGrath on piano, Dick McDonough on guitar, and Artie Bernstein on bass. And they were all members of that sort of uh, close-knit studio society of white musicians who were on hundreds, if not thousands, of recordings from the late 1920s up until the dawn of the big band era. And all of them are very well featured on different uh, performances by many, many different groups. So that was knocking on wood. So we're going to go on and start the next set with the other tune, the flip side of Knockin' on Wood, and this is called Hole in the Wall by the same group, of course, with Red Norvo again. So from that point, we're going to go uh, to a session that was not under Red Norvo's name, but actually featured members of his band. 
After he finished doing these jazz sessions for Columbia, uh, Norvo put together a semi-permanent, I guess, group, or maybe a permanent group. It was an unusual um, instrumentation. It had um, a trumpet player whose name was Stu Pletcher, and he's going to be featured on all of these tunes coming up because this next date was under his name. Stu Pletcher was a Yale graduate, and he led uh, and recorded with several Yale groups while he was in college and immediately thereafter in the very early 30s. Uh, and he was a good enough player. He went on to play with Norvo for several years in his group and uh, later relocated to the West Coast and played with a number of groups out there, too. We'll talk more about him when we come back from listening to this music. So this group was a little unusual, uh, the Red Norvo group, not the one we're about to hear on recordings, but similar anyway. That included, in addition to Pletcher, Eddie Sauter, the great arranger on mellophone and doing the arrangements, and then Donald McCook on clarinet, Herbie Hamer on tenor sax, Dave Barber on guitar, Pete Peterson on bass, Bob White on drums, and Red Norvo on xylophone. There's no piano in that permanent group. Um, and they made quite a few recordings for Champion and Decca in 1936. Uh, and those are not well-known recordings. I'm not sure I've ever heard them myself. Uh, they're out there someplace. I may have to go dig them up. But there's some very good jazz playing on these Stu Pletcher recordings, which is essentially the same group without Eddie Sauter and with the addition of a piano player. Uh, and the piano player is actually Roger Ramirez, who I believe is Ram Ramirez, the African-American piano player. And... Uh, couple of different uh, people as well. Maurice Pertel, Mo Pertel, is on drums on this one. He had replaced uh, the other drummer by that point. But we have Pletcher, and then Donald McCook, Herbie Hamer, Roger Ramirez, Donald or Dave Barber on guitar, Pete Peterson on bass, Mo Pertel on drums, and Red Norvo on xylophone. And it was surmised in the notes to the album I am using for these recordings that uh, Red Norvo also played piano, but I think it was Roger Ramirez on the solos we're about to hear. So we're going to hear three tunes from that session. There were five cut. This was for Bluebird, RCA Victor's budget label. So they were apparently trying to get um, this band out there under the name of Stu Pletcher. I think uh, Norvo was under contract to Decca at that point, and that's why it couldn't be released under his name. So for reasons I don't fully understand, all of the songs that were recorded on this session were given over to vocals by Stu Pletcher. And Pletcher was a fine cornet trumpet player, but he was a very marginal vocalist, as I think we will hear coming up. Um, but here we have him at any rate. So the three tunes we're going to hear are I Hope Gabriel Liked My Music, I Hope Gabriel Likes My Music, You Never Looked So Beautiful, and I Don't Want to Make History. There were actually six tunes recorded on this um, session, but I don't believe I have one of them. It didn't come out on the LP that I have. So those are the three we're going to hear, and they have the probably the highest jazz quotient of the tunes uh, that were recorded that day, which happened to be March 27th of 1936 in New York. So those are our five, uh, four tunes we're going to hear, at least right now. We're going to hear um, Hole in the Wall, I Hope Gabriel Likes My Music, You Never Look So Beautiful, and I Don't Want to Make History. Thank you. 
likes my music when I meet him up there. If I play too sweet, I turn on heat. I hope Gabriel likes my music when I meet him up there. If there's too much toot, I use my mute. When I come a knocking, feet start rocking, gates start a swinging, golden bells are ringing. I hope Gabriel likes my music. When I meet him up there, if there's too much moan, I change my tone. If I play too sharp, I'll try that harp. If he says no, no, I go below. I hope Gabriel likes my music. Thank you. 
always took a chance And I would take a chance As long as there's a moon up above But I don't want to make history I just want to make love Napoleon took a chance But when I think of France It's Josephine that I'm thinking of Cause I don't want to make history I just want to make love We all can't be heroes We all can't be great Right now I'll settle for a love affair The Dickens with a fair day I hear a call to arms, the sentimental arms My banner is the moon up above For I don't want to make history I just want to make love
So there we have uh, some more Red Norvo. We started out with the flip side of his first recording. This one was called Hole in the Wall with some very pretty and lacy Jimmy Dorsey uh, clarinet playing in there, some Fulton McGrath on piano, Dick McDonough on guitar, Nardi Bernstein on bass, all featuring Red Norvo. Then we went to uh, three sides from that Stu Pletcher date I mentioned for RCA Victor, uh, the Bluebird subsidiary, on March 27th of 1936. We heard, I hope Gabriel likes my music. You never look so beautiful, and I don't want to make history, all featuring the questionable vocal talents of Stu Pletcher, but some very fine playing around the corners. Uh, Stu Pletcher himself on trumpet was a really underrated player. He was sort of in the Big Spiderbeck mode, very understated, and he continued to play with Norvo's big band for the next year or so before, as I said, he went out to the West Coast. His son, Tom Pletcher, became a very noted jazz cornet player in the Big Spiderbeck tradition as well. He just passed away about a year ago in 2019. We heard some good clarinet playing by Donald McCook. He was not a well-recorded musician. Most of his recording career uh, was uh, in the Red Norvo um, orbit, but he did some other things in the studios uh, as well during the 30s. Herbie Hamer on tenor was a bit better known. He uh, had a very interesting style. It had a little bit of that Charlie Barnett uh, free-for-all feel, but he was a more controlled player with a very tight sound and a vibrato that sort of made you think a little bit of Chew Berry. He was quite young at the time these recordings were made. He later went with, uh, well, he stayed with Red Norvo for a while, and he recorded later on with uh, Benny Goodman, I think with Jack Teagarden. Uh, I played a couple of his recordings for the Sunset label in the mid-1940s, where he was sounding very much like Ben Webster. Um, and then he went into the studios out in the West Coast in the late 1940s, and he actually was killed in a car accident uh, driving home from a Frank's Sinatra recording session for Columbia in, I think, 1949. Uh, so he had a tragic end, a uh, fairly young man, still an excellent player. And these solos that we're hearing on this uh, series of recordings uh, really show that even as a very young player, he had it all together. We also heard Roger Ramirez on piano. Then we heard Dave Barber on guitar. He was with the Norvo Band for quite a while. He later married Peggy Lee and became her accompanist. Pete Peterson on bass and Mo Pertel on drums, with Red Norvo playing xylophone throughout. Then we finished up with a curiosity. I mentioned that initial recording that Norvo made in 1929 of In a Mist that was never released. Well, he redid it here in 1933 for Brunswick. The... Um, Story goes that he had been hired by Jack Cap, who was the head of Brunswick Records and would later go on to Decca, to make uh, some recordings. And Cap was very uh, pleased with the knocking on wooden hole in the wall session and hired him to do another session, but he wasn't present. So Norvo said that gave him a free hand to do what he wanted, so he decided to do a kind of a progressive chamber jazz session. And we just heard one of the tunes, In a Mist, which featured, uh, in addition to Red Norvo, Benny Goodman on bass clarinet, Dick McDonough on guitar, and Artie Bernstein on bass. Um, very unusual uh, sound quality, and a very tempered sound that wasn't quite in line with jazz developments of the day. The other tune that was recorded that day was called The Dance of the Octopus, a Red Norvo tune. And I'm going to be playing that on a different podcast, uh, where I feature musicians playing instruments that they were not known for. So that's our Benny Goodman bass clarinet contribution. The story goes that Cap was so incensed that Norvo took those liberties that he ripped up his contract for uh, Brunswick at that point. But he must have forgiven him a couple of years later because in 1936, um, Norvo started recording with that unusual small big band for Decca and for their subsidiary, Champion. And after that, in later 1936, he was uh, under contract to Brunswick and started making that long series of big band recordings that featured Mildred Bailey. But we have time for one more session, and this is probably the most jazzy session uh, of Norvo's career at the time. This is Red Norvo and his swing octet. We heard his swing septet earlier. This is from uh, January of 1935 for Columbia Records, and it will feature the great Bunny Berrigan on trumpet, along with Jack Jenny again on trombone, Johnny Mintz, who is about to go with Tommy Dorsey uh, playing clarinet at the time. I think he was playing with Joe Heyman's band. Chew Berry, the African-American tenor sax player, was at this point playing with Teddy Hill's band. I did a podcast on the Teddy Hill band, and we heard some of Chew Berry's recordings from, I think, about a year later with him. Uh, he had also played with, of course, Benny Carter and uh, was soon to go with uh, Fletcher Henderson's band. Teddy Wilson is back on piano. George Van Epps on guitar. 
Bernstein again on bass. Gene Krupa is here on drums, and Norvo plays xylophone. So this is an early example uh, of a, a mixed group, African-American and white musicians all coming together in the studio to play some excellent uh, small group swing. And this was right before the dawn of the swing era, but clearly what they were playing was swing. Berrigan was shortly to go with the Benny Goodman Band, and uh, actually I think he already was with the Benny Goodman Band, playing the Let's Dance broadcast, or was about to start, and then went on tour with them in the late spring and early summer of 1935, which landed them out at the Palomar Ballroom in Los Angeles in July, which is usually dated as the beginning of the swing era. So we're going to hear four tunes. We're going to hear Honeysuckle Rose, the Fats Waller composition, With All My Heart and Soul, Bug House, and the Blues in E-flat, all featuring Red Norvo and his swing octet. <laughs> Thank you. 
So that was a great jazz session, one of the classics of the 1930s, featuring uh, some brilliant playing by Chew Berry on tenor sax and Bunny Berrigan on trumpet, with excellent uh, contributions by Jack Jenny on trombone, Johnny Mintz on clarinet, and Teddy Wilson on piano, of course, with the leader, Red Norvo, on xylophone. And we heard uh, Honeysuckle Rose, of course, the um, Fats Waller tune, which was a jam session staple even then, then we went on to With All My Heart and Soul, which one source credits to the arranger and composer Will Hudson, so I guess he must have written that, although I don't know of anything else he wrote that was too much like that, but there you go. Then we heard two Red Norvo compositions, Bug House and The Blues in E-flat. The Blues in E-flat was just really a collection of solos, but uh, still shows exceptional playing on all counts. So there we have some fine Red Norvo. We may have another Red Norvo podcast coming up at some point if I can lay hands on those Decca and Champion recordings. Those really sound fascinating to me. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark, and you're listening to the Jazz Focus. If you would like to sponsor us, click that sponsorship button at the top of your screen or wherever it might appear. We are doing this uh, podcast on uh, Anchor.fm, but it goes out to Spotify and many other fine platforms as well. So let me know if you'd like to hear any programs in the future. My Facebook and Instagram presence are my band name, Wolverine Jazz Band or WolverineJazzBand.com. So thank you again, and I'll see you on the other side.